To Performer Talks. I'm your host, Bethany Unwin. Before we get into this episode, I just want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you love our episodes, please do leave us a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can help more performers for free. And please do share this episode with anyone you think this may help or may enjoy this content. I appreciate you and I'm so, so grateful for your support. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Linda Jean-Pierre. Now, we spoke about two years ago, and this is our first time we've managed to catch up. How have you been? Ah, how have you been, more importantly? My goodness me, congratulations are in order, firstly, for getting engaged. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So, um, but um, it's lovely to see you, Beth, and thank you so much for um, inviting me on this Zoom call. I have, as you probably know, I've been very busy, um, and it's been a great busy, really, really positive busy, which is lovely for anyone who is consistently working within an ever-changing and competitive environment within this industry. So I've been very grateful to be working consistently and being busy, and currently in Panto, um, in Orange. You've had some amazing things happen over the last few years. Any highlights that stick out to you has been like, oh, that's been a game changer for me. Well, obviously, I think everyone knew that I was obviously in Mamma Mia for almost three years. So that was the real game changer for me. Um, I learned so much on the job, you know, even more about immersive theatre in terms of never knowing what to expect with a live audience who are actually in front of you, what they might say, what they might do, and how they might react. So... Mama Mia the party, doing Cinderella the movie was just incredible. That was so much fun working with Camilla and Piers Brosnan and some friends of mine who actually worked on the movie as well. So it's lovely to work with friends. Um, when you kind of get to a certain point, you think, oh, you want this with me as well. So, you know, um, and also doing doctors, doing, you know, a really very sensitive storyline about domestic abuse and working with the lovely Lucy Benjamin in the main scenes that we did. And um, again, game game changers, because the director, Niall Fraser, said, Linda, if you can do this, you can do anything. So, you know, big scenes, which were really whittled down. You know, we had about six scenes to do, and we've done them all. Literally, we've been about four hours or three hours. Wow. Um, Yeah, yeah, we did big scenes. You know, I, I had quite a few speeches to do and stuff, and it was just amazing. And Lucy's just so lovely to work with. So, yeah, I've, I've been, been very blessed and very grateful to do so many different things in my career. Always grateful. Always lots of fun. And also, I love that I messaged you because I spotted you in Cinderella. I was like, you didn't tell me you were in this. And you were like, oh, it made it in there. And I was like, that was so casual. <laughs> you didn't even watch it. You were in it. <laughs> but the thing is, what it is, when I do films and when I do um, television stuff I never mention anything to anyone and I think that's probably one of the one things that winds me up about actors is that they put on their social media, oh I've got an audition I've got a casting, I've got this you know, you might not get the job I know it's support I know it's support that you want from your friends to be able to encourage you to hopefully keep fingers crossed to get the job, 
But I've learned the hard way. I never, ever, ever, I know everyone's different, everyone's not like Linda, but I never announced that I've got an audition or, for, or whatever, or I've got a casting for this, or I've got a self-tape for that. Because if I don't get it, then to me, it's like, oh, that's a bit embarrassing, I didn't get it. Do you know what I mean? It's gone somewhere else. So I always announce when I get something, but I didn't announce about the film because um, I didn't think I'd made the cut. Um, so, and you know, you have to realise that when they do, when you are involved in big blockbuster movies, you might not make the cut, that's the reality. And there's a couple of things that I didn't make the cut on, but you know, at least I still got paid, that was the main thing, but it's always, it's also better being seen in that production. So when, when you watched it and you said, you never told me, I was like, you know, because I actually made the cut, sort of thing. But it was a big section that the director just, Kate Cannon, she just let me loose and she said, Linda, I know that the musical director has sent you the way that he wants you to sing it in a certain way. He went, no. And the musical director was stood right next to her. And she said, I don't want you to do anything. I want, I've, I've seen you on your social media. I know how you can sing. You just go in and do whatever you want to do. And I had to do it about 10 times live wow. what you said. and it was live everybody else all the other stars but all had their backing tracks and they could like lip sync but I did mine live and everyone just couldn't believe that I was doing it I did it about 10 times live and they caught it each time but lots of different things were game changes for me so I'm just really 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 lucky to have worked on such an amazing project and I think what you said there about talking about things that you're doing it is really important you've got to be so careful I mean once you're in it and you've made the cut it's great you can put it everywhere um but yeah like you say with auditions and self-tapes it's great to show you set up on your Instagram story ready to film and things like that showing that you're having yeah. some time self-taping but announcing what you're doing and for what jobs can be detrimental to getting the job yeah Literally, because I just think it's tempting fate. And also, even even when I even though I did do six big scenes with Lucy, it was, it was all about just me and her that day. And the director texted me personally in the week of them doing the edit, the final edit, and he said, Linda, these scenes are so good, but we're having trouble editing them because we need to get them down to a certain amount of minutes so that the 2 o'clock news can start or the 3 o'clock news can start. And I just then thought, oh, my God, they're going to have to edit most of my scenes out and then just literally play about two minutes of one theme. And again, I was so dubious about, you know, mentioning that I recorded Doctors. Didn't mention anything until, you know, he, he texts me again personally. When does a director ever text you? Never. You when you're gonna be... Exactly. Unless something's gone majorly wrong and they need your help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he texted me and said, Linda, your show's on this time, that date. You know, make sure you get it recorded. Tell your agent. He was amazing. And I would love, love, love to go back to Doctors to continue the storyline if it ever came back. Oh, that's amazing. It's nice when you can have that level of communication with a, with a creative team because it's not always, like you say, that you get that. Sometimes it can be very much, this is our creative process and you're the actors. But it's nice when that collaboration kind of comes about. Absolutely. And also, I was very lucky because when Doctors did finally go out on television, um, the producers actually thought I was Liverpoolian. They actually thought I, I came, I was born and raised in Liverpool. And I was like, no, 
They couldn't believe it. So I could obviously do a very convincing Liverpudlian accent, and that's what they wanted. But it's the fact that it's all down to the edit. And if you make that final cut, then, yeah, tell, tell the world. You know, it's just a proud moment for everyone, friends, family. Oh, my God, Betty's on TV. Or, you know, she's in this or she's in that. Look at her, she's in a commercial. And I get that all the time, which is so lovely. But I never, ever say, oh, I've just filmed such and such. I'm gonna, you'll see me on TV in about a month. I might not make the cut. And then I look stupid. Yeah, no, absolutely. And people don't realise that how much you film and how much actually makes it in the proportions. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 That's so true. They film so much because they need to have more than enough to play with so that they go, right, okay, let's take this bit, let's take that bit, put it together. Yeah. It's it's crazy when you see when you're on set and you see how much they film and then when you watch the final edit and you see how much has made it in, you're like, I can't believe they spent all the money getting all those shots done. <laughs> like three seconds of it ended up in the thing and you were filming it for like two days. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. But no, it was great. Everything I've done in television and film has just completed my life. I just love television and film and that's the way forward for me. And over the last two years or so since we managed to have a chat what have you what has been your biggest takeaway what have you learned from this time is there any new revelations that you've had throughout these last couple of years of experience that you're like oh I didn't I didn't know that before and that's been a real insight um I think the real insight for me is doing self-tapes doing self-tapes as quickly and professionally as possible because the industry is saturated with people who want that exact same job. And I never used to take self-tape seriously. I used to go, oh, yeah, well, I'll do it. I'll get it sent into my agent by the deadline. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll do it, blah, blah. But as soon as I get a self-tape now, I get it, I read it, I learn it, and it's done by the next day. And that is exactly how I booked Doctor's. Because I received, I received the self-tape request on the Monday. I started reading it on the Monday. I filmed it on the Tuesday. We um, sent it off to my agent on the Tuesday itself. And that same Tuesday, my agent sent it on to the BBC. Now, the deadline was the Wednesday. So everyone else who had the tape, they probably went, oh, I'll just send it in on Wednesday. But Linda... I was under a lot of stress in, in my house at the time, so I could only do one take of each scene. So I was like, I can't tape anymore because I'm really stressed indoors. I need to get this done, and I can only do one take of each scene. Sent it off, and by the Wednesday, the deadline, they contacted my agent and said, Linda's got the job. Amazing. It's so quick, isn't it, the turnaround for TV? So my thing is, don't sit on the self-tape. Don't sit on it and take it off for granted that you've got a self-tape to do whoopee-doo no get it learn it do it as quickly as you can professionally as you can as best as you can to get that in because the next person will do exactly the same thing because they want that job I have to admit this is how I've got this job that I'm currently on now yeah it was it was so quick because I got it on like the Wednesday and 
that same afternoon, I learned all four different things that I had to do for it, like mini scenes, yeah. Um, yeah. filmed it, edited it, sent it off. And by the Friday, I'd been told I got the job, even though it was like a month deadline away. By the Friday, I was already booked for it. Um, it, it matters, doesn't it, getting it in? Yeah, yeah, it really does. It's important. I never, ever used to take self-tape seriously. My agent would say, oh, Linda, can you get it done by, if it was today, like, say, Monday? Oh, can you get it done by, by Wednesday or even Thursday? Thursday's the deadline. And I'd be like, oh, right, yeah, okay, okay. And I would literally hand it in on the Thursday by the, the time it was needed to be submitted. And then by then it'd be like, oh, no, they've actually gone with someone else. So for whatever reason, but I'm like, oh. And now I'm just literally, boom, done. Just get it sent. So I've learned a, a, a lot. Um, and being patient as well. You know, being patient with myself and not being too hard on myself when I don't get the job, you see? So... Um, you know, sometimes I think we are because we overanalyze what we could have done better or what we should have, could have said or whatever in the casting. And the casting directors and the directors know what they're looking for. If they feel as if you're the, foot, the right fit, they'll know within five seconds of meeting you. And that's what I was told when I went for my audition for Mama Mia the Party. The, the, the Swedish director of Roy in the Sutherland, he actually said to me, said, as soon as you walked in the door on that first day when, we, when you met Bjorn as well, he said, I knew within five seconds that you were, the, you were, you were Debbie. I said, well, why did you make me audition five times then? <laughs> Love that. You know the situation, you know the system, we have to audition, make sure, make sure. So I was like, yeah, no, I'm only joking. But, but casting directors and directors know. So just don't be too hard on yourself if you don't get the job because it's not even about your height, your age, your ethnicity. It could be, might be that you're too, too short. Or too tall, you know. It could be anything. It could be anything. And just move on to the next thing. Absolutely, that's great advice. And another big highlight, I assume, for you is your book coming out because you've written a book. You are now an author. Still laughing. Yeah. How did I end up here? Can you tell us a bit about what inspired you to to write your book? Well. My book was actually in my head probably for about 30 years or more, probably about 35 years. And I just felt as if so much had happened. Like, starting off never being trained as a, you know, actor or singer, um, starting off as <clears throat> just doing TV commercials, going from agent to agent, agents dropping me and then they, and another agent coming along experiencing different shows where we almost got stranded in Ireland because we nearly couldn't get back to England. All different things happened along the way. Being homeless, um, working a nine-to-five job, being a single mum at such a young age, all these things. And I was like, after mum and me at the party, I was like, Linda, you need to write a book. And people would actually say, Linda, you need to write a book. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, that'd be silly. And I thought, I actually do need to write a book. And here it is. <laughs> Amazing. I love that you've written this book because you do have such an interesting life. Your story and your life experience is incredible. Um, so what can people expect from the book? People can expect a no-hold-barred 
conversation unapologetically and honest and with um, a splash of humour as well. Hence why I called it Still Laughing and How Did I End Up Here? Um, it's just literally about my life personally and it's also about the jobs that have affected me positively and negatively within the industry. So um, it's quite candid. And some people might go, oh, she's given away too much information there. But nothing like legally. But it's like, this is how these jobs made me feel. There are jobs that you will do that you are like, oh, my God, I want to live in this production forever because my life is complete. I love, love, love it. And then there's going to be, there were jobs that I was doing where I was thinking, I cannot wait for this contract to end. And when there was a certain job that I did, and when we got our notice, I was like, this is the best day ever. I could not wait to finish to get out of the contract. That happened in a couple of jobs as well. So not every job in theatre is going to be amazing. If it is, then happy days. Live your best life and be grateful that you are working. Um, because there's a lot of people who work in theatre who just moan consistently. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, oh my God, this person's really got my nerves. Oh, this, oh, that. Oh, you've actually got a job. So if you don't want to be around certain people, take yourself out of that situation and go somewhere else. Um, and just be with, with your own company or be surrounded by people who lift you up or, or are of positive spirit. You know, so I just thought, you know what? Get it all out into a book. It's not a, it's not a thick book. It's about 120-odd pages. It's punchy. It's to the point. It's funny. It, I even talk about some of the dates I went on before I met my ex-husband, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun. And in the book, do you think there's anything that people will read that will maybe shock them or that they didn't know about you prior to reading this book? Is there anything that unexpected that they probably won't be expecting to hear from you? Um, I think the part that probably about me being homeless with my two-year-old daughter at the time people would never believe that I was actually homeless and I was and that was real um there's a, another bit I'm not going to give too much about the book away but I think people will be shocked at the fact that I nearly died for my throat hemorrhaged and um I, all because I actually had to have my tonsils out at the age of 25 but by the time they took my tonsils out my tonsils had actually turned gangrenous so um when my throat hemorrhaged I was given the last rite all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I said to the consultant, please look after me because I'm a singer. And he was like, oh, don't worry, Linda, we'll look after you. Absolutely fine. And they did. St. Bartholomew's Hospital in the city, yeah, they really did look after me. But it was a it was a journey. It was a journey. So I think people might be a little bit shocked by that. And they're like, wow, what, is she still singing? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I am. Thank the universe. It's... Uh, gonna be uh, it's an amazing read and I love that you have had this in your brain for so long and you've gone and done it was there a a moment where you were like I, I've got to do this or was it just like after Mamma Mia you were like oh I need I need a project to do or what was there something you saw that made you go oh this is the time to do this it's all about timing Beth you know, it's, everything in life is about timing. And I'm a firm believer in that. And I think, if I remember correctly, 
I was actually writing it whilst I was in Mamma Mia the party in my in my final sort of six months. I was like, oh, I get my computer and go right. Okay, guys, they want want to do their little you know have a break in between shows on a Saturday and a Sunday, and we had a long break, almost three hours. Um, so I was like, okay, and I'll be just typing in my dressing room on, on the dressing room, and I'll be in front of my little mirror and just typing away. And I I just thought now is the time to do it. And I had the time. And when I finished Mommy of the Party, um, I had a couple of months off before I started Panto. I was at home. And at home doing absolutely nothing, well, apart from learning the lines for Panto. And I thought, finish the book. You know, I just thought it was ample. I had time. And um, whilst I was actually up here in my first set of digs, this is the, I'm actually staying in a hotel at the minute, but... Um, my editor, he actually said, oh, you know, he goes, Linda, I think I've actually finished your book, you know, I've edited it, we've got all the pictures in there, I've done the front cover, I've done the back cover, everyone's agreed for your, you can use their pictures for your book and this and the other, so I was like, okay, he goes, right, and then he literally spoke me through uploading my book onto Amazon as a Kindle and a paperback, and he, we got to the date, and I was like, he said, oh, right, okay, what's today's date? And he went, oh, we're just talking September or what, no October or November or whatever. And I went, well, we're going to be Muppets. And he was like, yeah. And I literally had no choice because I was like, had it in my head, oh, I'll do it on Sunday, I'll do this, I'll do that. And we uploaded it straight away and I was like, no time like the present. Why put off today what you can do? To, why put off tomorrow what you can do today? And he just made it happen. So, and everything just kind of seemed to fall into place, Beth, you know, finding a great, you know, the, you know, art director who edited, you know, the book and everything. And I just managed to connect with the right people at the right time. And that's why it worked. That's why it worked. And that's why I'm working on the second book. <laughs> Have we got any dates for when the second book might be released? Oh, that's going to be probably in the middle of next year, because obviously I want I would love for you, I know we've had a brief conversation about this, but I'd love for you to do a chapter or two for me in this book about the industries. I'm specifically focusing on the industry and how it works and how it doesn't work for people and what has changed and what the changes have, how that it's affected people's lives. So I really want to kind of like delve a little bit more into that. And obviously I'll be putting a bit more about me, how it's changed my life as well. Because after doing Panto, I've got the, I don't know why I got the, they gave me a program yesterday. But, <laughs> but after doing Panto, I've decided never to do theatre again. Oh, wow. That's a big, a big choice. Yes, huge. Is that, I'm really interested by that. Is that something that has been growing on your mind for a while? And were you, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that are involved in, our decisions with our career obviously we are the forefront of it but in terms of agents were they really super supportive of that decision did they try and say oh Linda but you're so good at it like why would you want to cut off what was kind of the the response and how did you navigate that well I navigated the response by them more or less saying we support you whatever you want to do however they did say, you are a bloody good singer and the industry needs to have people like you in it. 
Um, I think from a personal perspective, too many things have happened to me in productions where the disrespect is on another level. And I personally don't feel the need to stay within an industry, particularly theatre, where I've been so disrespected. And I don't see why anyone, including myself, to continue to be within the theatrical industry where you're just not respected. Unless if you're like, you know, a West End Wendy, that you're West End royalty, and then people will respect you. But if you're not, then it's just not for me. And I've experienced quite a lot in the last two contracts, Mamma Mia the Party and this current panto. Um, where the, the respect is just isn't there. So, when I sort of mentioned earlier about television and film and screen projects, that is the way forward for me because I'll tell you why. Anyone, not just me, anyone who works in television and film, you could have one word or one line in a TV commercial or a film and they will treat you like a goddess. They will treat you like a king. They will treat you with such respect, it's unreal. And the difference being is that everyone wants to be at work, even from the runners who are like getting you a cup of tea, who are getting you your lunch, who are getting you your evening meal, and who are also organising your car home. You'd never get that in theatre, and it never will happen, unless if you're a proper A-lister, celebrity star, which I'm not. <laughs> but I've seen it happen to A-listers when they get treated like, absolute stars and rightly so because you know we're all working on the on a theatrical production putting a show on putting it on together but yeah no more so when I, when this panto is done on the 7th of january linda's done with it forever wow oh my goodness that is that is huge that's really like pivotal and very um brave as well because it can be scary to to know that you're you know um it's cutting off a whole line of work, isn't it? But you've got to do what's right for you. But I suppose there's probably a little part of you that was maybe scared or hesitant. But now you're so established and you've had a wonderful career, I, I probably assume that it's a bit easier than it was before to, to be able to make that choice because you know you have a skill set and you've worked for years and you've gained credits and you've got connections so I suppose it's probably easier now than it ever has been before to make that call. But it's still a massive decision, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge decision. Don't get me wrong. It's taken me a while to really think about it. And even when I did think about it and changed my mind, I actually went back to my agent and said, oh, do you know what? Let's just not do any singing. Let's just focus on straight plays where I don't have to do any singing. Um, and he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I said, in very short contracts, even if it's three months. And I went back on it because I then decided to not listen to my gut. And yes, I am to a degree cutting off a line of work that is, you know, a regular income stream. However, I trust the universe and I never used to. So I'm closing that door so that more television and film work can come to me. And if I do theatre, I can't do it because... Theatre is, is unsociable, unsociable hours. You have to sacrifice not seeing your family, your friends, your partners, because you've got a show to do. 
And when you work in television and film, I worked on a brand new ITV drama. And I'm smiling already because we would work from about six in the morning or even they pick me up from five in the morning and I would love it. I would never go, oh, I'm tired. Uh, none of that. And, but the fact of the matter is, Beth, is that we always finished by six o'clock in the evening. We always had our evenings at home. I was, when we filmed in Liverpool, I was the only person who was at home in Liverpool. Everyone had to stay in a hotel or, you know, a nice little flat or apartment that they gave them, found for them. But I was at home. And that is the difference. So I'm not, to be honest, I don't know why. For the first time in my life, I'm not worried about not getting the theatrical job at all. Because I feel like I've closed the door so that other things can come to me. And my dream is to actually be a regular in a, in a soap. Whether it goes back to, whether I go back to Doctors or whether it's Hollyoaks or whether it's EastEnders or whatever. You know, that's the dream, but I'm allowing that to happen now. Leave it to the universe. I really hope that that happens because you are a phenomenal actress, really. I mean, the first time I saw you act was in that workshop we were in together that Elva ran. And you did a monologue. It was an American monologue about 9-11, and I can still remember you doing that now. Yes because it's so ingrained in my brain of me being like, wow, she is a next level talent. So I am I am rooting for you. I really am because you've got something and I really hope I hope that other people see it because it's amazing. Um, but honestly, I I am so excited for you that you've made that that call and I think like you say, while it feels like it's cutting off, it's actually opening your world up to so many new horizons and opportunities. And sometimes the time that you feel you're cutting off will be better spent for you navigating where you actually want to go. Yeah. I used to be so fearful. Oh, my goodness me. I used to be so fearful and go, oh, no, no, no. I've got to take that job because it's, it's a job. It's a job. And then I'd take it and regret it and go, this is the worst job. Oh, my God, I'm not enjoying it. It's this, it's that, or whatever. And my friend always used to say to me, just trust the process. Don't always take everything because it's being offered to you. Take a, take a moment to choose whether you think that job's going to be right for you. It might not be, even though it sounds good and the money might be good, but money isn't always everything. And I used to be so fearful and take everything. And then half the time I'd regret taking those jobs because I think I'd rather stay at home. But I've learnt now and I'm much older, hopefully much wiser and and more in control of um, what I allow into my life. That's and it fantastic. takes yeah, it, it, it takes time. It's not gonna happen overnight for everyone. You know, some people might go, I don't want to do any television or film. I love theatre. Theatre is the only thing I'm gonna do. And that's great if you feel that passionate about it. But I feel the opposite about television and film. I, I just, I could be on this film set every single day for six years. I don't care. Do you know what I mean? Or like however long. Someone saying to me, but Linda, you've got to get up at four o'clock in the morning. You've got to be on set by six, in makeup by 6.30, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, bring it. Absolutely fine. Because now I'm going home by the end of the evening. Or if I'm not going home, I'm staying in a hotel that they put me up in. You know, it's, it's, it's also sort of about that, but it's, is that what I'm trying to say is about the gratitude. 
I can't express enough about the gratitude in terms of like what I have done and what I have brought about in my life and the self-tapes that my agent has connected me to is also being in alignment with your agent as well because that really helps. If your agent's up here or you're up here and your agent's down there, it's going to be a little while before you guys can connect and do a really good project together. Because your agent's working, yeah, they're up there, but you're here and you're like, oh, if you're, especially if your self-doubt is down here, your confidence is down here. You know, we need to be on the same parring and the same part with the universe so that it just comes. I think you just go, yeah, let's do it. Okay, boom, get about it. Easy said than done. Because sometimes, most of the time, we just want the job. We're just like, oh. But I, I don't have that anymore. I'm just like, yeah, I've done the self-tape, whatever. I actually, to the point where, whenever I do a self-tape, I get the, I get the, the script, I've read it, I've highlighted it, I've recorded it, I literally like this, as soon as I've done a self-tape, Right in the bin. <laughs> so that I forget about it, I don't want to look at it because I've done it. Do you know what I mean? It. So I can hold on to it and analyze it. Oh, yeah, I could have done it. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. But no, it's all good. Oh, that's fantastic. So your book's still laughing. How did I end up here? Where can people purchase a copy? Because it's a great read. Where can they go to get it? Okay, so people can purchase Still Laughing. Um, how did I end up here on Amazon as a paperback, as you can see, um, as Kindle. And today I actually recorded the audio book version. So hopefully that should be on Amazon fairly soon, probably by the end of January, 2023. But yeah, and if, and when people do read it, please give an honest review on amazon.co.uk. Just feel free to just express what you thought about the book, whether you thought it was rubbish, whether you thought it was really good, informative harrowing, funny, too long or too short, you know, just put down your thoughts because it always, you know, reviews always help the uh, the author to actually make changes for the next book. So yeah, that's what people can buy. That's amazing. Congratulations on your book and all the credits and everything you've been up to. I wish you a very successful end to your Panto run and I'm so excited for 2023 for you. Oh, you're not the only one. Yeah, likewise as well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, um, it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on and giving up your time. I appreciate it and I'm sending you all my best. Thank you.